Grace, mercy, and peace to you from the Holy Trinity. Amen. I'm generally a pretty big fan of irony. It tends to always make me chuckle to myself. But of course, there are moments of irony that I wish never had to exist in the first place. Today, in the cycle of Advent, the day traditionally is known as Gaudet Sunday, or Joy Sunday. The texts that we just heard reflect that joy, and the psalm isn't actually a psalm, but a canticle, a song which extols the praises of God. And yet today in the church, in the nation, and in the world, these texts seem to laugh in our faces as we consider how to feel in the aftermath of the massacre at Sandy Hook Elementary School on Friday. It seems cruel to tell people who have watched news reports about the unspeakable evil of our fellow humans that we need to praise God at all times. I was walking out of Target Friday night with my boyfriend, and we were having a conversation about everything that happened that day. We came to some pretty basic conclusions about humanity. First, people do crappy things. Two, people do crappy things to each other. Three, nothing that happened on Friday makes any sense. And four, unfortunately, things like this have happened throughout all of history. In those few hours after so many innocents were lost, that was all I could think about. And so with those thoughts, I tried to read through my Facebook news feed, which was riddled with two major camps. Both said that this was a tragedy. One side said it was finally the moment to talk about gun control. The other side said we should mourn with the world instead of politicizing the issue at hand. Both sent prayers and thoughts to the families of the victims. I think it's pretty easy to spend a sermon preaching about gun control or to talk about the number of prayers that are being sent toward Connecticut to comfort families of the victims and their friends and family, but try as I might, I just can't find any evidence in the readings this week about gun control or words of deep comfort, at least on the surface. Instead, I'm haunted by the words of Paul in the reading from Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. When tragedy like this happens, that's the last thing I want to do. Rejoice in the Lord. Instead, I want to put God on trial and grill him to finally get some answers about why he lets some of the safest places in our world become hunting grounds for people who need prayer just as much as the people that they wounded. I want to ask God why we live in a culture that is addicted to violence and addicted to watching the blood run through the streets on CNN before switching to MSNBC to see if they have anything new or different footage of the carnage that has taken place. And as much as I want to ask those things, I think I know the answers. I know that deep in my heart that God does not want us to kill each other. God doesn't let our schools become places of terror. God mourns that when any of God's children are ripped from the fabric of life that makes up the whole body of Christ, and we weep for the same reason. We are all made from the same flesh, all part of the same body, and when part of the body of Christ is wounded, the whole creation groans in pain. And when the lives that are lost are innocent children, All I can think of are the words from the prophet Jeremiah. A cry is heard in Ramah, 
deep anguish and bitter weeping. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for her children are gone. Our cries for the 29 children of God in Connecticut killed on Friday. Our cries for the three children of God in Oregon killed on Tuesday. Our cries for the 11 children of God in the south side of Chicago shot last Monday night. Our cries join those of the Rachels of all times and places. Our deep anguish and our weeping is perhaps all we have to give at this moment. And so Paul telling us to rejoice in the midst of tragedy seems entirely out of place. And maybe those words are out of place, but I think it's important to remember that while he was writing them, he wasn't in some posh pastor's study with a fireplace and a laptop. He was in prison. And first century prisons were possibly as close to hell on earth as a person could get. Prison is not really a place where people want to rejoice. And yet Paul is doing just that. Maybe he was delirious, but he goes on to say, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So it seems like Paul has some sort of complex that he has to be happy at all costs, even in the midst of the worst things he's experiencing. But maybe his words of rejoice are because he knows that the situations he is experiencing are not godly. They're all the result of broken humans. His prison term, our fellow children of God being slain, these are never things that a benevolent and gracious God would do. But Paul tells the church to not be anxious about anything and to pray, to pray without ceasing. To pray when he and the church don't know what else to do. For us, Paul says that when we don't know how to feel in the midst of anxiety and terror, to pray. I can only imagine what that would be like. Our world is so riddled with anxiety and fear. Anxiety about going to the movies, to the mall. Fear about sending our babies to school. In times like this, it's easy to think only of the darkness that lurks around every corner. It's easy to stay glued to the television, wondering what news is going to break next. Living in a world like that makes me pray fervently for a world without anxiety and a world without fear. I pray that God intercedes in this broken world. I pray that God shows us what it's like to love people we hate. I pray that this world might experience love and not evil. I pray that we can find refuge in God when we cannot find refuge in people. And I pray that we don't spend all our time glued to darkness so that it does not overtake us. I pray that we remember all the acts of kindness that happened on Friday that went unreported. I pray that we can think about thank God for all the babies born across the world, for all the selfless deeds done, and for all the true love shown throughout the world on Friday. And I pray with Paul that this world may know the peace of God which passes all understanding. I beg for a taste of that. I beg for peace in a world of unknowns. I beg for peace in the midst of fear for our kids' safety. I beg for peace in the midst of outrage at the poor access to mental health care in our country. I beg for peace in the midst of sadness at the lives that were prematurely ripped from the world. 
I beg for peace in the midst of confusion about how to feel toward Adam Lanza, who took his own life after taking others. I beg God, as only God promises to do, come and fill our hearts with your peace. Kyrie eleison.